Good morning, Adventure family. My name is Scott Matthews, pastor at Adventure. This morning, Palm Sunday, I want to ask the question, how do we bring hope? Unrivaled hope. We're living in unusual times. That's an understatement. But we have unrivaled hope. Today's Palm Sunday, which begins... Passion Week, the last week of the life of Christ to finalize next Easter Sunday. I'm excited for that day, more than any other time in my life. But we know as Americans, April 2020 will be a month that we want to remember as having had unrivaled hope in the midst of significant national psychological trauma. And on a lighter note, we've already had a lot of trauma. Senior trips have been canceled. Senior sports have been canceled. All the kids are at home. Parents have more quality time with their kids than they ever imagined having. Major League League Baseball is canceled. The NBA is canceled. I'm sure cricket season has been canceled. That's a light note. The truth is, one of my friends says, these are unusual times. He remembers growing up in Boston during World War II and remembers police canvassing his neighborhood, making certain that night lights were out throughout Boston just in case we experienced a bomb raid. That's the only only experience he has to relate to this uh, brutal month that we're all facing. Today I'm going to tell you a story about a family in China in the late 70s and 80s that that was experiencing some of the same home shelter, social distancing, isolation, and in their case, persecution following the cultural revolution of China in the 1970s. The person that I'm going to focus on is called Brother Yun or known as Heavenly Man. This is a picture of him with Anne, uh, rather Ruth Graham Lotz. And uh, Brother Nunn's family had a significant impact on the underground Chinese church. Some say he is, his family had a role in reaching some 70,000 new believers in China. They experienced not just feeling like they were on the bad end of bad circumstances, but they experienced identifying themselves as conduits of hope. And that's the question I want to ask today. How do we bring hope? Practically, how do we bring hope? The first step I think we consider this week is we pray together. And Brother Yun's mother got to a place as it related to her own husband's health. He was struggling uh, to breathe, gasping on every breath. She got to the place in her life as she was placing faith in God for the first time. She said, Jesus is the only hope for Father. Brother Young comments that every night my dad lay in bed and could hardly breathe. 
Finally, mother called the entire family to come together and to pray to Jesus. And her prayer was a very simple prayer with her whole family gathered around her beloved husband. Jesus, heal father. Jesus, heal father. Boy, if there's never been a time in our country in the last 70 years to pray, this is it. And to not just pray, to pray in our own homes with our own loved ones, with our spouse, with our children. This is that time. This is that month beginning on Palm Sunday. We know that in the last few days of Jesus' life, prayer was significant for him. We know that in his ministry, Jesus went to the garden called Gethsemane, which means wine press, where the grapes were pressed where Jesus himself was being pressed. And Jesus told his disciples, hey, stay here while I go over and pray. But he didn't do it alone. He took along Peter and also the sons of Zebedee, and he plunged into an agonizing sorrow. Then he said, this sorrow is crushing my life out. Stay here and keep vigil with me. And Just a little less than two years ago, I had an opportunity to visit this Gethsemane area on the Mount of Olives and actually locate what is considered the very area, the very rock at which Jesus agonized in prayer for his decision, for his life. Brother Young and his family, when they gathered around their father and they prayed for him. They prayed for his healing. Jesus, heal father. Jesus, heal father. Brother Young's mother brought the whole family in the next morning. And they all discovered that father was doing much better. For the first time in a month, he had an appetite for food. Within a week, he had recovered completely and had no trace of cancer. It was a miracle from God. In our communities, in our homes, this month, we have great reason to be praying. Great reason to be praying that God will do miracles in ICU rooms. Not just for the sick, but for health workers. That God will do miracles under our leaders. Give them wisdom and direction to make great decisions to protect us all. We're praying that the Lord will stretch out His hand again. The early church, while experiencing persecution, prayed, Lord, stretch out Your hand and to heal And perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. So how do you pray? Well, they're simple prayers. Um, Simple prayers. How do we bring hope? We pray, and we pray together. Just like Jesus did with Peter and the two sons of Zebedee. That's James and John. We pray for the sick. Jesus healed the sick. We pray for healthcare workers. We pray for leaders 
that God will give them wisdom. Let me just ask, when's the last time you took the hand of your spouse and or your children that live with you and led them in a prayer? Why not today? Why not start praying? Because when we pray, it does a couple things. One, it, it unleashes the work of God on His workers to come alongside them and support them. But the other change that happens when we pray is when we pray, it opens our heart to obey. Because the way we bring hope is to pray and obey. Obeying comes down to listening, to hearing God's voice, to hearing His promptings, hearing His direction. I read this story about some interviews that took place in the late 19th century, early 20th century. Uh, this company had advertised they were looking for local telegraph uh, um, workers, operators, and a number of young men came into the office and they were all told the same thing. Sit down, fill out this form, and wait to be summoned into the office. After a fairly long period of time, one of the men got up and went into the office, and the other boys were confused. The employer hadn't come out to ask this man or any other uh, to come into his office. They were even more confused when the boss came out and uh, said that the job had been taken. One of them spoke up saying, wait a minute, I don't understand. He was the last to come in and we never even got a chance to be interviewed. Yet he got the job. That's not fair. And the boss responded, the last several minutes while you've been sitting here, the telegraph has been ticking out the following message in Morse code. If you understand this message, then come right in. The job is yours. This fella arrived late, but he understood Morse code. He got the job. When we can hear God's voice in prayer, when we pray together with our family and our friends, it opens our hearts to be able to obey. That night when Jesus prayed, it was a significant night. It'll be this Thursday night and or Friday, early Friday morning that he prayed at Gethsemane, at that rock that I referenced. And he prayed for God's direction. He said, God, you've, Father, you've asked me to do something that's overwhelming, yet not my will be done, but your will be done. When we pray, it opens our heart to obey. Secondly, how do we bring hope? We obey together. This is a, a picture here of Brother Yun and his wife, Deling. They experienced tremendous isolation, persecution, uh, even torture, specifically for Brother Yun. He was a real hard-headed guy that really helped the underground church in China in the 80s. How do we bring hope? As, as singles, as couples, as families, we obey together. Brother Young shares this story that when he was learning the Bible from his mother, because they obeyed together as a family, 
He says, I was so hungry for a Bible. Seeing my desperation, my mother remembered an old man who lived in another village. This man had been a pastor before the Cultural Revolution. And he indicates that together we started out on a journey to his house to ask him if they could have a Bible. Bibles were typically hidden underground uh, in cylinders of any sort that would preserve them. This very pastor, when he saw Brother Yun and his mother, was fearful at the question because he had served 20 years in prison for having a Bible in his possession. He told Brother Yun, hey, you go home and you just pray. And so that's what he did because the way you bring hope is you pray. He went home and he prayed that God would provide him a Bible. God didn't. He returned to Brother Yun's house. And he, brother, and this pastor told Brother Yun, you keep praying and you fast. You start fasting. So Brother Yun, in his early 20s, was, was eating only a small uh, serving of rice every day, fasting for uh, multiple weeks. And several months later, at 4 a.m., he had a vision that he thought was from God. And the vision was a distinct dream of two men bringing him a Bible. He got up that morning looking in his house for the Bible. He couldn't find it. His parents thought he was going crazy. And so uh, they actually held him. And while they were holding him, there was a knock at the door. And he got up from his parents' couch, went to the door, and uh, he said this. He says, "Are, are you bringing bread to me? This is what Brother Yun said to those that were at the door. And they said, yes, we have bread. We have a bread feast to give you. And Brother Yun says, I immediately recognized the voice as the same one I heard in the vision. And then they indicated that about three months before Brother Yun was to receive this Bible, that this evangelist had received a vision from the Lord, and God showed this evangelist a young man that is Brother Yun, to whom he was to give his hidden Bible. In the vision, he saw the very house and the location of Brother Yun's family home. Despite this vision, it took the evangelist a few months before he decided to obey what the Lord had told him to do. He asked two other Christian men to deliver it to him. Then they walked throughout the night to reach his house. In summary, the evangelist's obedience resulted in Brother Yun receiving the gift of his first Bible. He obeyed God. And many lives would be saved through the preaching of Brother Yun. And this is something I think that's really important for us to know, especially this month. Our obedience to doctors, to leaders, and to God, it saves lives. Our obedience really matters. It saves the lives of our, of our loved ones. It saves the lives of our neighbors and our co-workers. Jesus knew that his obedience was going to save a lot of lives. Jesus himself, when he was at the Mount of Olives praying, he said, my father, if there is any way, get me out of this. But please... Not what I want. You, what do you want? That's really what it means to obey. 
is to just say, God, you take my heart. I'll do what you want me to do, not what I want to do. And that led Jesus to the cross. That, that led Jesus down what they call the, the Via Della Rosa, down through the streets of Jerusalem, carrying the centerpiece of the cross, the patibulum, and where he would eventually be crucified. When I was in Jerusalem a little less than two years ago, I had a chance to be very close in proximity to where the centerpiece of the cross was actually plunged into the earth. And it was super dark. I couldn't see it very well. But while, while walking past it, I, I set my camera out, put it on flash, and took a picture of the very spot where it's presumed that the centerpiece of the cross was plunged into the earth. And this is the picture that I got to bring home. Right here is where the cross was plunged because Jesus knew that the way to bring hope is not just to pray, it's to obey. And he was willing to obey to the point of death, to experience a brutal, barbaric death that we will remember this Friday, Good Friday, that he suffered as a substitutionary death for our sins. So that by looking at him and trusting in his work on the cross, we could be forgiven for our past, present, and our future sins and selfishness. I love that story. Have you personally made a decision to trust in that act of obedience that Jesus submitted himself to? Have you personally said, hey, I believe in Jesus. I believe he suffered for my sins that he died on the cross for my sins. And not only did he die and suffer, but three days later, he resurrected from the dead. His body was completely missing, and nobody expected no body. Is that the decision you've made? Maybe not. Maybe you make it today. How do we bring hope? Well, we obey together. Obey God's promptings and be the answer to someone's prayer. That's what the evangelist was willing to do. He obeyed God's prompting. He, he ensured that Brother Yun received a Bible. And that Bible became the guide for the early underground church in China in the last century. How do we bring hope? Real simple. Pray and obey together. Pray and obey together. One final thought is use what God's doing today, this week, and all month to share the gospel message. The gospel of hope is what it's frequently called. When Brother Nunn was arrested, uh, he shouted, I am heavenly man. My home is gospel village. And he says this was not true at the time. His home was not gospel village. But by the grace of God, his village truly became Gospel Village. Wouldn't it be awesome if your marriage, your family led in prayerful obedience? You brought hope in your home. You brought hope in your neighborhood. You brought hope in your community. You brought hope at, hope at your workplace. Because you made a decision 
We're going to pray, and we're going to obey, and we're going to watch God do miraculous things. We're not going to just self-preserve. We're going to pray, we're going to obey, and we're going to watch God do great work. Brother Young had tremendous influence in the underground church. These are unusual times. This is going to be an unforgettable month. It's going to be an unforgettable year. But it has the potential of having unrivaled hope because of our faith in the resurrected one, the hope of the world, Jesus Christ. For those of you at home who have been touched by the hope that Jesus brings, you've never made a decision personally, one that you've owned, to identify Jesus as the leader of your life. You're ready to today. I want to invite you to simply make a decision right now from where you sit or lay down to believe in Jesus Christ, that he died for your sins, that he was buried and resurrected from the dead, and that he is your eternal hope, who right now sits at the right hand of God. If you've never made that decision right from where you're seated, I invite you to simply pray with me. Jesus, I believe you died for my sins. I believe you resurrected from the dead. Today's the day. I'm willing to make you the leader of my life. I'm willing to follow you. And I pray you'd give me the strength to do it. In Jesus' name.